Although we talk, we talk in between episodes. Sometimes it's crazy talk, uh, but I'm glad I get to talk to you. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I, I know. I feel so, well, one of the things that I feel like is a value added benefit to starting the podcast with you is that now we do talk a lot more often than we used to. <laughs> a lot more so, often than we used to. A lot more often. So off, on the mic and off. And I love all of it. Mm. Let's just keep gushing uh, <laughs> about how much we like the other person. Everybody will love that. Let's keep talking. Yeah, about now, no, people will be like, what do they talk about? And can we join those calls? And, <laughs> and yes, you can. And yes, you can join those calls. You can text us at no, I'm just kidding. That's right. You know how all the join the call 995. <laughs> Hey there, welcome to the show. Create for No Reason is a support group for creatives. Creating takes consistency, courage, and heart. Surrounding yourself with others who understand your challenges and won't let you give up is the secret to winning. It's a little like church. It's a place to go when we start doubting, comparing, and overthinking who we are and what we want to do. Create for No Reason is a place to go when our inner critic is a little too loud. Let's get cooking. Heading into season two, you and I have talked about doing some new things with Create for No Reason. Mm -hmm. And one of them is a office hours or some kind of gathering where you and I are going to get on a call. And hey, maybe it'll just be you and me and we'll just chat and have a good time. And that will be wonderful. But maybe some other people, maybe some of the listeners will join in and uh, and just kind of hang out and talk about projects that they're working on and how we can support each other. And that's kind of a dream of, of ours to do. So we're going to make it happen this season. I know it's going to be a lot of fun. And we have, you know, in some of those, in some of those instances, we'll just be sharing things uh, with each other that we're working on or getting advice or maybe even just, maybe even just having another human being see something. And that's a, that's a big deal when you're creating. And then we could do, and we have, uh, workshops and material on journaling or motivation, or we could do a right drunk session. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, over 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 Zoom, which would be a lot of fun. But yeah, it'll be fun this season in doing that type of stuff, and then more and more and more guests, more people that we're talking to that are really excited about the work that we're doing, and um, just excited about seeing other people make and create things. People like you. Dear listener, I don't know why I did that. That's really funny. What are we? Uh, so today we're meeting with uh, Allison. I can't. I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce Allison that. Seligman. Seligman is that right? Selig Seligman. 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 I'll say it now before she joins us, and then I won't say it when she joins us. So <laughs> get it wrong. She can hear it later. Yeah. Seligman, she... uh, who is a lifestyle blogger, owns a PR agency. She's, she's your a, friend. She is my friend. And I'm psyched to talk to her because she is kind of the epitome of create for no reason, because that's that's what she does. She has an idea and she thinks up something or dreams something up and then she goes for it. And I've seen her evolve over the past 
probably, I don't know, we, she and I have been friends for maybe, gosh, five years or so, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And it's been really fun to watch her evolve as an entrepreneur, as a blogger, as an influ online influencer. And yeah, it's been really cool. She's done some really interesting things that I'm excited to, to talk about with her today because I think they are inspiring for other people that are thinking about creating something, mm -hmm. even if they don't really know where it's going to go. I think that trips a, a lot of people up. Yeah. And, you know, she started this blog 10 years ago and she had no idea that at some point she would be working with Nordstrom and Target and Kendra Scott and just some really incredible brands. No, I'm excited. It's going to be really cool. Well, we've got a couple of minutes before she jumps on with us. I'm wondering, Kate, is there anything that you're working on now that is driving you batty? Oh gosh. When we think about create for no, I, I have one thing that's driving me batty. I have, I have art. I have these, I have these canvases. They're ready to go. I've even got the, I've already done the line art on a piece of paper and now I need to take that and put it onto the canvas. And for some reason, when I move it over onto the canvas and I start sketching it out, I'm like, nope, this isn't going to work. This is done. And then they're just sitting there waiting for me to go back and, and hit them again. So I've got that. That's driving me a little batty. And uh, I need to get back into that headspace of, Sean, what's the worst thing that happens? Like you do it and then you're like, oh no, this is kind of poopy. I guess I'll paint over it and do another one. <laughs> but are you are you working on anything now you're excited about or you're frustrated about? Um, I am I've been writing a lot and trying to formulate the ideas in the book that I'm writing. And that's been good, but driving me a little crazy. Yeah. And I think the past couple days, so that's kind I think that's kind of an ongoing project that's just going to drive me batty for the next like year. So that will be that that'll be kind of the constant. But I have been working on some new videos that it's kind of it's it's getting me a little bit tripped up thinking about the videos that I want to create and then how do I want to create them? Do I want them to be like super professional? Do I want them to do? I, am I trying to go the route that I know is what you're supposed to do with the keywords and figure out the things to say? Or do <laughs> yeah. I just want, you know, like there's know. two different ways to look at it. It's, I know. it's you can do all the keyword research and figure out what videos are going to get all these likes or views, or you do the route of what do I want to say and then create that video because it's more about, hey, I'm, I just want to put this out into the world. I'm not trying to, you know, there's like two different I, ways of looking at it. And yeah. that's kind of that. I think about that a lot, The even the past couple of years as I've been creating more content. And so curious to hear what your thoughts are on my well, dilemma. I'm going to grill Allison probably about that. Because I think that there's a switch that happens. And we're even talking about that with Crave for No Reason. We've got, uh, we've got li listeners. We have the beginnings of a community. And we started this. I, like we kind of just ran and jumped. We didn't even follow our original run of show just because we needed to get it made and just get it out um, and then make it good from there. So being a passion project and then turning into something into turning into something, something bigger. Speak of the devil. Actually, that's not nice. I shouldn't call Allison a devil. She's connected <laughs> to audio. Wow. <laughs> Speak of the devil. 
<laughs> Speak of the devil. Here comes our fabulous guest. Very excited. We're yeah. so, I'm so excited that you're here, Allison. I know. I'm so excited to accept. I'm like hiding in my bedroom. I need to send you after my really legit IT situation that's going on. You're like on a bar stool, on a stool, on my computer. It's both my kids are out there. So, you know, we just make things happen here. That's right. I'm taking a nap after and I'm like, you know, an inch from my bed. That's what you do. You make it happen. Like, that's it. Also, do, do you do a lot of uh, like video content and that type? Because I was reading your blog and going through it um, and reading the post. So, as a writer, I think you're great um, as a writer. Uh, you, Thank you. you. Yeah. Yeah. It really, I mean, you're well practiced at this point. You're 10 years in. But do you do a lot of video content too? So I really want to do more video content. I think to be candid, I've gotten in my own way a little bit and Kate and I have talked about this and I just need to bite the bullet. And so I'm, I'm getting there and I think Instagram reels are kind of like forcing people in that direction more and more and TikTok and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I just love writing by nature as opposed to like the idea that my face is all over the universe is like, or the internet at least is so crazy to me because mm -hmm. I have zero desire for that. I just really, people are like, you're so photogenic. I'm like, I've taken 937 photos and posted three. Like, <laughs> we're good. Well, the, it's so funny that you say that about video because you are Instagram story queen. You, you are the epitome of someone that I look at and think, how does she go about her day, like her real day, and, and think of, oh, I'm going to post these stories and they have to be good. And like, every time I think I'm going to get better at stories, I'm like, no, my whole day just flew by. I wasn't thinking about what I needed to post and what am I saying? And totally, but you're so good at it. I think one that's like the public relations person in me that always has like that PR publicity marketing lens. At the same time, I think stories and the, like, at least the way they originated, how they were just like that behind the scenes glimpse, really casual that's what I gravitate toward watching and also doing. So I don't, a lot of times, like don't rewatch my stories before I post them. You know, like, I, I mean, cause you can hear yourself and if you sound like reasonably coherent when you do it, then sometimes I just go for it because I think the more I think about it and that's a lot of it, what video is, is, you know, like the production of it, mm -hmm. I get in my head. Yeah. And so I love Instagram stories and I actually find the ones that I think through the least and I just start talking are the ones that by far the engagement is the best. Huh. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, that I love, I love that you just said that because I just posted a video on YouTube about perfectionism and overthinking, and it was about video. And mm -hmm. the reason that I posted it is because I, it, I didn't want to. I was like, there are so many ways to make this video so much better. And there are yeah. parts that I rambled and I was like, you have to just, you tell people to just get it out, just get it out. Just get it out. Yeah. I think like there's that expression, like don't let perfectionism get in the way of good. And it's like, you'll never start if you feel like you have to be like, I totally believe you have to be okay to fail. Um, and I say that as someone with the video, I think the technology part of video, I'm not scared that I'm going to sound silly or any of those things, which I think other people have fears of. Mm -hmm. It's like the technology monster side of it. Like what I don't know and the time invest that I would have to have to figure all that out while I'm so busy and my days are so hijacked. But I really believe that 
in any, especially in a creative space, you have to be afraid. You have to be okay with failing. And once you're like, okay, I'm going to fail, but I'm just going to get up and do it again and figure out what didn't work and keep on going. And I might make a fool of myself along the way because that's what creative people, like we sometimes got to do that. And I think I was watching something and it's like, sometimes the crazier you are, or like the more authentically you that you are, you're not for everyone. And some people are not going to like you, but that's how you're going to find your people. Right. Like the, and that's like the people on Instagram. If you ever watch like some of these TikToks, crack me up. And some of these people are like crazy, but like in the way that like, I want to be their best friend. And that's why they have the million views. And that's why they go viral. Cause you're like, Oh, I totally see myself in that person as opposed to that really curated person who's like Photoshopping everything and just making it like not who they are. Yeah. My TikTok yeah. algorithm has a lot of, uh, uh, has a lot of moms singing 80 songs and like really jamming. <laughs> it's out. very telling. We'll need to de- we'll de- need to dig into that a little bit more later. I know, I, think. I know. But, I, but then I see how many people are watching them. I'm like, this is this is amazing. The only TikTok yeah. I posted was me singing "Take on Me," and uh, that's it. Don't go looking for it. Uh, I mean, obviously now as soon as we're done, I'm like already like, okay. That's um, that's bad news. No, it's really interesting and really wonderful to hear you talk about that and the like progress or perfection or don't like perfection getting in the way of good because you've been like looking at not only your your career, you run a PR agency, but you've like the latest post on your site is that you've been doing this for 10 years. So somebody that I think a lot of times we get stuck in our mind that that somehow it's just going to become perfect or not perfect, but easy or um, or I could do this with my eyes closed after a year or after 52 weeks of writing something every single mm-hmm. time. Uh, but it sounds like you you keep taking a leap and you keep getting something out. And you're like, yeah, that might be stinky, but I'm going to get it out there anyways. Yeah, I think that the one thing, though, that I did learn along the way and for a while, my PR company and my blog were both growing, though the PR company was where I was making more money. So I allocated more time. But what I realized in hindsight I was doing is that for my blog, I was just churning out content, but it wasn't great content. And we get in the way of like, well, I don't want to disappoint my readers. And I said, I'm doing it five days a week. So let me keep doing it five days a week, even though the content's kind of stinky. Yeah. I don't want to disappoint them but I'm not really saying anything that people need to show up for. So then they're not going to keep coming because even though I'm posting daily, it's kind of like muck. And I eventually went down to three days a week. And when I did that, and when I rebranded um, about four years ago, I was very intentional, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because that was the bad, I was struggling to, I was like up at all hours. Mm. I was not serving myself. I was not serving my family. And I wasn't even putting together anything thoughtful because it was just like, what can I have up tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And I, so even when I'm working with, like, if I'm talking to their blogger, or I'm working with a client and they're talking about like, I want to start a blog or I want to do social media, like what their social media strategy is. Or even when I talk to friends about like working out, right. If you say you're going to work out seven days a week, you might set yourself up for failure or it's mm-hmm. not sustainable. Let's start with three days a week of really great content. Yeah. Like, think it through build a following, build an audience, and you can grow from there. But if you start for a month and you're doing it every day or twice a day, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, I've shared all the things I know I want to share. And that's where I think creatives wind up. And then they're like, they get so in their head. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then it's like all or nothing. Yes. And so I think really thinking through like what that, what's reasonable, what's reasonable from your time, what's reasonable from your like creative space that will still make you feel good. Cause I started hating it. Yeah. I was like, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah. When you have to publish, I mean, all that, I mean, every single day you get something out. Do you, 
do you still like what is what does that process look like? Do you still draft or play around with content every day, but don't just publish? Do you practice every day? Some of the things I mean, you mentioned working out and being a creative and running an agency and all those types of things. What is your what does your schedule look like? How much do you produce um, just in the back end that we don't see? And that's the thing. I think the biggest thing that people don't realize with blogging or I'm not, I don't love the word influencer, but people who are digital or in social media influencers and in, in these spaces, it's so time intensive on the back end before you get one post out, yeah. like building PR and brand calls and or not calls, um, but emails and DMS that are coming in and they're like, Oh, let's. And, and so you're like, you're negotiating salaries, you're reviewing contracts, you're doing all of these things. And you, you haven't even clicked post. You haven't done the photography, you haven't thought through what the content imagery will look like. You haven't written the things, you haven't linked to everything or created the graphics. You haven't done anything and you spent hours and people don't get that. And I think that bloggers, these are all, and I think there's so so many women in the space in particular who are like such incredible entrepreneurs that don't get the credit they deserve because you're really a one man show, like Mm -hmm. one woman show, um, really putting everything together, right? Like you're every single part of the operation and like you have to continue to get it out. So every day, my day looks a little bit different. I mean, I have some drafts that I'll sit on for months and then others that just come to me in a moment. And like, I just like, turn it out. I think we're all like that in the creative space, right? Or like yeah. 11 o'clock at night, I'm trying to go to bed. And all of a sudden I'm like in the notes section, I have like 17 ideas. And so I tend to put it out there. Cause I'm like that sometimes like, it's like the shower bed kind of thing when we all have those genius moments. Oh yeah. Yeah. Inspiration finds you working I, like when that happens. Yeah, for sure. Cause it can be when- discouraging when I think about that of like, what do, what do you mean you have to sit on it for months at a time or you, or it just comes to you. It feels like the, like a lightning strike, but I, yeah. but it only comes to you if you're actively working, at least that's the case with me and doing mm-hmm. that. So that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and so one I- of the things that I find so impressive about you, Allison is almost because I've watched you build your audience over the and years. You've known each other forever. I know. And, <laughs> and, and you're so you are so thoughtful. You are so intentional, but what's been really fun is watching you grow into yourself and being so comfortable being yourself and sharing yourself. And I was telling Sean, I've just watched her build this incredible community of these just kick-ass women that really love and support you and what you do. And what I love so much is that you really do create because you find it interesting or you want to try it or you got interested, like you perfect example, you were interested in getting into more like health fitness stuff. So you started this runner's club for people and you're like, I'm not going to do this alone. Let me invite (laughs) my audience to do this with me. And you had no idea. Is this going to work? Is it not? But you just put it out there and look what happened. Totally. And I think that's where the fun is. And so what happened was actually in April, I did another, um, a cycle bar instructor and I don't do cycle bar, but I connected to her on Instagram and she said, um, she's doing this run club. And I think maybe even a reader saw that I was running a little and shared it with me. I did it. And I ran fifth, ran and walked like 50 miles in April. First of all, the fact that I did that is like bananas because I'm not a runner or walker. Like people are like, Oh, wow. No, you are now. (laughs) But as I was sharing, people were like, this is so cool. This is, you know, this is awesome that you're doing that. And so I started pulling, like, if I did this and like, I think, I think also from a creative space, one where I get really great ideas is like 
what, what resonates with people. I, someone, I followed someone a while ago and not to tangent for a second, but she said, um, instead of creating what you want to create as a creative, especially when it's going to be your business and not your passion project, mm-hmm, like, so mm-hmm. this is a business, a different way to think about it is that it's not about what you want to share. It's what, what people want to hear. Yeah. And it's so true because like, I could want to share recipes all day long. I'm not a great cook. I suck at food photography. Um, it's just like, and there's so many people who do that incredibly well. Like that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. And so hear what people are saying. They were, they were responding to my running. They heard me talking about mental health and how much it was making me feel good to get out there, how they were struggling. And so when I asked them that, and I got this resounding response, the first month I had almost 400 people in our run club in May. And it was like, Oh my God. Like I honestly legit, not even joking, thought I had like, I would have like 35 women, like 50 was like, Oh my God, I made it. And like, <laughs> like 370 something people the first month. And it's always been at least a hundred and it's like averaged around like 150 or so each month since, but it's just been like, and my feeling is if one other woman needs this, it doesn't cost me anything or do anything. It's through the Nike run club app. Yeah, It's just been like such a way to serve people. And the connection that I've created with so many women has been profound. And I think it's really also when you're looking to grow your audience, it's about serving the audience you have, not serving the audience you want. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes so many people are focused on the followers they don't have and they forget about the ones that are there. Yeah. Like those are your ambassadors. Those are your people. And those are the ones who, like Kate said, like support me and want to be there for me and have been through like so many ups and downs in my life and have like been sisters that I've never met. I mean, it's really incredible. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes me think in a more creative way or gives me like new ideas or inspiration or makes me empowered to want to share more or be more bold with my, with my truth that I'm like, this is serving people. And as long as I could share my truth without impacting, say, I'm not going to share about my kids like privately about them or my personal, like I got divorced this year, but like our private relationship is for us. Mm -hmm. And that's not, I'm not, it's not my place to share that, but I can Mm -hmm. talk about my journey in a way to hopefully help other women. And I find that a gift that I could do that through writing. That's really, uh, that's really inspiring. I was writing about, um, uh, like I'm teaching a workshop later, creative workshop on motivation. And they say there's three primary things that we're motivated by. Um, one of them, some people call it power or it's service. Um, the other one is achievement. And the other one is affiliation. And you, you're kind of pulling all of those things together. And so you're serving and, and doing something where you're affiliating with, like, it's really, really, um, it's really inspiring. But I want to, I want to back up. Like, I'm like, I also want to attend your workshop later. <laughs> I want to, I want to go all the way, <laughs> I want to go all the way back. Uh, did you did you start uh, as a <laughs> oh my goodness it's like tell me about your childhood and you're like I was a baby and then I grew up I was born at <laughs> but were you were you really creative growing up and then how did you how did you morph into sort of the PR world and then you started a, a blog ten years ago where I like did you start it on did you just start it on Blogger did you start it on um, Google of Pi course or? I did. Blog spot, you know. Oh my like, god! Yeah, this yes. is great. But tell me, tell me um, about I have some in real life best friends as a result of Twitter. By the way, like we met by tweeting. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so great. Um, yeah. So it's interesting because I was never a super creative person. I don't think of myself as being a super creative person when I was growing up. My family sometimes describes some of my behavior 
differently than I remember being, but, um, but like I think Wait, in a good way, in a, in a fiery a, way. What's an example of the behavior that you don't remember? Like, just like how I was like, like a problem solver and like looking to like figure things out. Like if my grandma was unloading the dishwasher, not fast enough, I was like, all right, let's get this dishwasher unloaded. <laughs> Like, you know, and I'm like, really? That was me? And like, that's just how I am. Like, I'm like, I get GSD. Do you guys use that expression? Like, I get shit. Get shit done. Yeah, for sure. Like, I get shit done kind of person, right? Problem solving mentality. Like, I was born in New York, just to tell you a little bit about my childhood. (laughs) And I think like that was just ingrained in us as a kid. But when I went to college, funny enough, I was a business major at UF. And the very short story is my second year, I was in financial accounting. And out of like 140-ish people, I had the lowest grade in the class. I think it was 38, <laughs> like actually a 38. <laughs> oh my <laughs> like, gosh. I should think about the other career paths for myself. And somehow I, st- I stumbled into the journalism school and heard about PR. Yeah. Didn't even know that I thought of myself as a writer. But I took a reporting class and I realized I don't think I'm the best writer, but I love, I write like I speak. Like a lot of people, when they read my work and Kate shaking her head, like they feel like they can hear my voice. Yeah. And so that's, my grammar is not incredible. Like all those things. Like I don't, I, I really could take like a grammar workshop or something, but I just really enjoyed storytelling. And like that reporting class, like lit a fire in me that I just thought was so cool to hear other people's stories, to connect with people. I wound up then working at the Alligator, like the school newspaper, did PR, got a job um, after. I was really involved in the Jewish community at UF, and I thought I wanted to work in Jewish life after. And in my first job, I realized, nope, I do not. (laughs) I want to volunteer for the Jewish community. But you really can, you because you can make more of an impact sometimes when you volunteer than when you like work in a nonprofit, sad to say, Um, though most of my PR work now centers around supporting nonprofits through our agency. I'm like really passionate about it, but it was one of those things that I wound up going back to school, getting my master's in strategic communications and wound up getting an internship in an agency, fell in love with like just working with different types of brands, Mm -hmm. Uh, wound up then getting a job at USF in St. Petersburg. It was like their small hub. And I loved working in education. It was just super cool. And I got to write the internal newsletter each week and just got to do such cool things. When we moved down here, um, when my um, now ex, um, yeah. I never know how to say it. Oh, no, you, you come up with something like former spouse, former I something, like my, something. Former. My, my baby's daddy. Um, I <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't know, but it's like way more than that. <laughs> um unnecessary tangent here. So, but he, um, he got a job down here and I went up working at an agency for five years and then eventually going off on my own. It's kind of like a crazy story how it happened, but that's why I started my blog after I had our now, she just turned 11. After I had our daughter, I got really sick. And I don't know if Kate mentioned this to you, but the very short story is four months after she was born, I started um, feeling really weak and couldn't pee on my own and nothing. So my body basically shut down within three days from the yeah. chest down. Um, I couldn't walk, uh, couldn't move, couldn't write, couldn't do anything. And turns out I have a really, really rare neurological condition that impacted my spinal cord and everything it's connected to. And Yeah. So I was in the hospital and then an inpatient physical therapy for a month. Wow. And 
like basically like when I got home, had to have a full-time nurse, couldn't carry our daughter. I was out of work for a few months. Like it was, I couldn't drive on my own, like none of these things. And I eventually went back to work full um, part-time and my then boss fired me um, after about like a month or two to to focus on my health. To fired you to focus on your health? Like, (laughs) enjoy this. This will help you with your health. Right? You need to focus on, you know, it was honestly such a gift and she, it was a small business. She preserved my job. She did the best she could. And she just, you know, we didn't have the same vision. And I think everything happens for a reason or a lot of things happen for a reason. And I wouldn't be sitting with you today if it wasn't for that. Yeah. And with that, I started my blog then called the average girl's guide because I really wanted to share like deals and fun finds. I always loved those kind of things, but I also wanted to have really real conversations. I don't even know how I knew what a blog was, to be honest, <laughs> um, because I don't even know that I knew anyone writing a blog, but I just like found Blogspot and like bought this thing and, you know, URL for 10 bucks and like started writing and started going. Yeah. And I love it. And it was like, it literally, and then the, um, a couple of weeks later, uh, someone contacted me, asked if I was in PR, like asked how I was doing, wanted to hire me for PR. I said, well, I'm not at the other agency, but if you're interested in interviewing, like didn't have a business card, had nothing, went to Kinko's on my way to this law firm, <laughs> printed like the thing I made on Microsoft Word, I think. Yeah. And got that client. A couple of weeks later, I wound up working for the city of West Palm Beach and like the rest is history. So I started both of those things in 2010, like all as a result of chaos and crazy. Yeah. Do you, and, do you think is, that the, that when you were sick, was that something that kind of lit the, I can do this. On, like, I'm going to have to do something on my own or I'm going to have to make something on my own or, or is that not even in your mind at all? Cause it seems like that was a really pivotal moment. Yeah. I just, at that time, I really was like, I need to know, like the doctors didn't know that I would walk again. Yeah. Like, they literally didn't know. And it was only because of early intervention that I did. So I think all of that, I just assumed I would get healthier, ideally, eventually go back to work where I was always working. Yeah. And like, that would be what it was. Mm-hmm. From, and there that's to, why- from there to run club. Right. I oh. know. And, 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 and one of the things that I feel like I don't know if you feel like this with creating, but it's almost, I sometimes think about this whole concept of ignorance is bliss. Like you didn't know, like you don't know what you don't know. And so it's almost easier to get started. And a million times. Yes. And I think, so that actually I've, so I now do some public speaking as I stutter over my words, which is incredible. (laughs) And it's funny. I probably now three years ago, Two nonprofits randomly right around the same time asked if I would be their keynote, the Women's Chamber of Commerce and Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies. And I said, what, me? Like the girl who just types and does Instagram, who talks really fast and is kind of awkward? Like, okay, sure. So I said yes, not even thinking the fact that like in both instances, there was three to 400 people in a room standing and like sitting watching me. And once I did one and then the other, I loved it. I loved And I can like cry thinking about it because I was terrified, like so terrified, one that I would pee my pants on the stage, like legit that my bladder would just like give out on me. But I realized one, when you're speaking for anyone who's a creative that isn't like in that kind of space or is a writer or anything, people want to read your book and enjoy themselves or learn something. People want to hear you speak 
and they want to feel good or come away with a lesson learned. People want to attend your workshop and like feel inspired or motivated or empowered. Like people are all in it for you to succeed because it's self-serving to them. Mm -hmm. And I think some people are have like that such a defeating mindset, like, Oh my God, this is going to be terrible. And it's like, no, people want you to be awesome because it benefits them. Yeah. You don't want to go to a crappy conference, right? Like you want it to go where everyone's great. So people are in there for you to win. And it was so great. And then once I realized how much I loved it, I got scared. And I was like, okay, well, wow, now what next? Like, I want to do this. But then like, that's where the real work comes in because like, I like now need to like go like research for some speaking games and like make maybe a speaker's website and maybe make a, like get some B-roll and, 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 and I let my fear get in my way. And for two years, because I was also busy, like, right. I had two other jobs. Like it wasn't like I was sitting there doing nothing. I let my own fear like get in my way. And once I found an opportunity to speak again, and then I started pursuing it, I was like, never again, because once you know what lights your soul on fire, like you can never go back in time. And so like, let me be that person who wasted two years, but no one else should, should mm-hmm. like it's crap. Like once you figure that, that out, yes. once you realize, and it's going to be hard and like speaking in front of people or writing a book and putting all your thoughts and words out there for the universe in a way that like, you can't even see their reactions, right? Like people are reading this book or reading your blog or reading these, like I write some intense stuff and it's like, I know that people I know, sometimes it's weird because like strangers will read it and write to me, but I know like, I see people at like when people used to go places, like I would go to happy hours or go to events. And I know that people read all about how we had a failed adoption or about my feelings when my, like when I lost my dad and like this grief or about like, or about whatever, and and, like really intense personal things. And they read it, but I didn't know that they read it. And it's weird when you're putting your heart out there and you don't know when you're speaking in front of people, you at least see their reactions. And like, it's just being a creative is just so different depending on the medium that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And like how vulnerable you're willing to become as a result of it. Well, and today yeah. I think, I think you're, you're spot on and, and I'm not going to pretend, you know, fame or something, but you, you have people that will read things or look at things. You have no idea that they looked at it and then they won't say, or at least in my case, they won't say, Hey, I read your thing. And yeah, they'll, they'll reach out and say, Hey, how are you doing? And like, what's, what's going on? Are you feeling okay? Can I be, and I'm like, I'm fine. Why are you reaching out? And then finally yeah. it'll come out. Oh, I read the thing that you published and it sounds like you're having a rough time. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Everything's fine, so, but it is, it I, is fascinating to see it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I've also had to explain even to like a couple of family members, like I'm writing things in a strategic way, like one, making sure that I'm making my point and making sure that even if my, if it's my rare condition, that it's relevant to like a broader sense. So I had to tell my mom, like, yes, there's moments, but I'm also not a woe is me person. Yeah. Mm. I promise you, like, I'm not here like crying in the corner. I might have a really tough time, Yeah, but I also, that's what, but that's why I also talk about seeing a counselor regularly, why I work out, why I run, why I do those things. Mm-hmm. And so, um, sometimes you have to like kind of, it's weird when it's like, I joke that like, there's so many things I would want to share on Instagram. If it wasn't for my brother and his friends, like, it's like these weird group, like, I'm like, if it wasn't for the 13 men, <laughs> me, I would say so many other things. Like, Oh my gosh. I just need to filter you guys out every once in a while. (laughs) Filter away. It's probably more entertaining for me to see it like no filter. Yeah. What has been one of your most 
fun memories of creating something that you're really, really proud of? Oh, wow. That's an amazing question. Um, I honestly think at the end of the day, it's just been some of the blog posts that I've written when I talked about, um, I wrote a blog post and now probably like six or seven years ago, and it was called stop asking questions. And when Sarah was three and I knew I can carry another child, it's just really more, is it safe for me to do so? Could my illness, like, was it spurred by pregnancy? They weren't sure. And so when I wrote that, like, stop asking me questions and so many women, like shocking number of women responded to that and said, I'm there. Like when I look at my Facebook feed and I see people announcing their pregnancy, when I see people announcing, like Mm. showing their baby bump or talking about whatever, and it makes it all seem so easy. And they're like, I'm crying reading that. And they're like, for the first time, like, they're like, I feel seen and I feel like I'm not alone. And it's posts like that, that when I talk about more recently, I've talked a lot more about having an invisible illness And there was someone who saw me in a pair of heels and I shared this recently and she saw me and she's like, you are my hope. She's like, I have shoes in my closet that make me cry when I see them because I don't feel like I'm ever going to get to wear them again. And you're showing me that I like that I can be there. And she's 23 years old and she has been through freaking hell. And when I talk about having an invisible illness and how my skin is burning and how I once I parked in it, I don't have a handicap decal anymore, but for years I did. And they're very, I'm like, do you think I want to park in that handicapped spot? No. And when I shared about this, like so many people, uh, quite a few women wrote me and said, I've been the same because I almost had someone yell at me. Why are you parking? You don't look sick. Like what's wrong with you? Yeah. And it's those kind of moments when as like when I'm that vulnerable or when I share these moments that have been the toughest in my life that when other women feel like they're less alone as a result of, sorry, but as a result of my story that just like, I feel like it makes all the effing shit that I've been through, like so worth it because I want like all women to see like the good and the strong and the brave and the joyful in themselves. And sometimes it can feel really isolating when you're just looking at social media and you see like the fake. Yeah. And or like even your own feed and like people aren't sharing all the stuff. They're just sharing the top 10%. And sorry, again, <laughs> but anyway, it just, that's what sets my soul on fire. That's what lights me up and makes me like, no, like, okay, like it's worth sharing these parts of my being because like, there's, there's another woman out there who like feels seen and heard and knows that she can be like, if I'm getting through it, then hopefully she can too. Yeah. Ah, uh, you are so inspiring. It's insane. Yeah, I absolutely love you. <laughs> oh yeah. He's the best. It's uh there's so much love. He's so always an love. amazing company. So like I already know that like coming in. <laughs> but no, I I'm I'm just so grateful that you do share as much as you do. And like I said, I, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of what you've built. I love watching you. I think that you just every year you get stronger and stronger and the things that you share and how you connect with people is so beautiful. So when you did decide to become a speaker, I thought Yes, absolutely. She should have been doing this all along. And I'm just so excited to to watch you continue your journey to really 
share your message and inspire more and more women to do what they love. I love what you said. Like when you get that feeling, when you get that fire in your soul about doing something creative and you've kind of gotten that taste, you have to do it. Yeah, you like just, accountants don't get that, do they? Like accountants can't. Like, do they get giddy over like Excel spreadsheets? <laughs> I don't know. But like, <laughs> Maybe they do. They must. They have to. They have to get like. Everyone gets excited over something and (laughs) they just have to figure out how to, you know, how to, what, what platform they're going to use to, to do something with it and share it. But you're awesome. And I'm, I'm just so grateful to have you in my life and, uh, you inspire me when I watch your stories and everything. And, um, you gotta get you doing more stories and me more video. Yes. 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 I'm telling you, I mean, seriously, I've told you before I am, I will come over, we'll do your whole little setup and camera and all this stuff. All you need to do is like set it up once and you're good. (laughs) Good. Set. Okay. Make it happen. We'll make it happen. Well, Well, if you had as we do it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if you had, I I guess everything, everything that Kate, Kate said, um, you're incredibly inspiring. And I love listening to sort of your journey and how you, you sort of stumbled into writing and then became really great at writing. You really are phenomenal. Um, oh, read through you. your, your blog. It's not easy to, it's easy to say, I write the way I speak. It's not easy to actually do it. Uh, cause a lot of, most of us say like, and we, we don't quite do that, but when people read it, they're like, this sounds like you. This sounds exactly, and that's it's not an easy thing to do. And you absolutely have that. There's a very like wonderful pedestrian style to the things that you put together and the work that you've put into it. Um, if you had, if you had one thing you could recommend to women that are listening that that are either going through a hard time where they want to create something or they want to do something to kind of get out of that space or. Um, or just, you know, not even get out of that space, just get into a new space. If there was one thing you could ask them to do that only took 10 minutes, 20 minutes to kind of get them into that space or to get them to taste that success, what would you, what would you recommend that they do? Hmm. One, my favorite thing is to tell people, I want you to like prove yourself wrong when you do things like that's like with running, right? Like people are like, I can't do it. I'm like, try, prove yourself wrong. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think what I did last year there, I had like all of these things I wanted to accomplish and it was always like, you know, it's in your head, but I'm a very visual person. And so I literally on my, on the notes section of my phone wrote, like, is this, um, is what I'm doing, like living toward the life I'm trying to create, or I'm, I'm blanking on that expression at the moment. I got a little emotional before and now I'm losing my words, but, and I wrote, I want to have 10 speaking gigs this year. I want to go to the beach at least once per week. Like, so it was a combination of professional and personal and not a laundry list, but I think sometimes you need to see what your goal is written out. And Kate, I know I've been part of her workshops. So like, I, I know that she'll probably agree with me on this and maybe you will as well, but like having that there and being able to look at it and continually refer to it. And also then when people want to hijack your time or you start doing something. I'm like, is this moving me toward, that's what it is. Is this moving me toward the life I want to create? Yeah. Yeah. And every time, and I, every time that you say yes to something, it means you're saying no to something else. Mm -hmm. So, and typically what happens is when you say yes to everyone else, you're saying no to yourself. And so, you know, does that make sense? Every time you say yes, every time I say yes to attending that event I don't want to go to, or yes to helping that person with that thing that they need to do because they're on a deadline. Yeah. I'm saying no to my dream, 
my goal, my family, my nap. Hell, it doesn't matter what it is, (laughs) right? It doesn't matter. You have to really believe that when you say yes to one, like when you say no to one thing, it means you say yes to, to yourself. Usually you have to really think through and be more like vigilant and strategic with like the things that you occupy your time with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I hope that on your phone, it doesn't say I want to. I hope it says I will get 10 speaking gigs. I will spend more time at the beach. I know. And it and it's it's quantifiable and it's not even it's like or it's, I have done 2020 or 2021. I have done 10 speaking gigs this year. Yes. Every single time I did one, I wrote down what it was. And when I went to the beach like that week, I marked down what it was. Love and it. When I like, you know, like one of my goals was like that year was like to get a new car. When I did it, you put it in, you know, like whatever it is. And you make sure you account- you're accountable for your actions. Yes. Love that's, it. That's fantastic. Kate, I'm going to ask you what yours are the next time we talk. Okay. Oh. I've I actually, that. I just did mine yesterday. I love that you Ooh, guys are talking about oh that. It was the but same I'm thing. Like where I, I, set you up. I Well, I would find myself, I, it, it's a double-edged sword to sort of know that you've got, or wake up with the, oh, the world's mine, carpe diem, seize the day, freedom, whatever it is that comes with it. It's a double-edged sword because then I find myself just bouncing around all the yeah. time. Um, you a lot and, of nothing. Right. Like a, lot, had, a lot of a little. Yes. You end up on that. A lot the, of yeah, a little. I end up watching people <laughs> like sing that. 80s songs on TikTok. Um, mostly moms. Mostly moms. <laughs> I don't know. I had no idea how that even worked. And people are like, oh, you ended up in this area of TikTok. I was like, I must have watched a lot of moms <laughs> singing 80s music. But thank you. Thank you for, for sharing that. And um, you're wonderful. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you both for having me. This is amazing. I want. I am very excited to hear the next episode after this, where you both share what are, what's on your list. I know yes. we'll share. We'll send it to you too, so you can. I'm super pumped for that. You can correct. <laughs> you can correct mine to use the right language instead of Kate, because then we'll fight, and I won't talk to her anymore. Oh, that's that's not going to be. Good. That's not true. Even a little. No, not All even right. a little. Oh my god! All right. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thanks. Have a good night. All right. Thank you. Bye. Uh, oh my gosh. How great was Allison? I love her. She's, she's really, she's really wonderful. I didn't know a lot about her, her backstory with the illness, um, and with pain, but I think there's always, I run into that, a, a, a lot. Maybe I, I don't think I run into it with myself, but I have noticed it with you in some of the conversations we've had that our creativity, tends to, I don't want to say goes up, but becomes more formidable or more powerful when we're in like, it's not necessarily even physical pain, but just when you're in those, those spaces where it's not just we I'm in life, I'm on the roller coaster ride. Like (laughs) like, you're in that bottom part of the Ferris wheel where you're like, please send me around one more time. (laughs) Please, (laughs) please send me around one more time. So that was really, it was really wonderful. I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we had her on the show. Oh, she's, isn't she just kind of the epitome of what we talk about with just creating and having fun with it and playing with it and giving permission to try something new and start and do. And she's got a great community. She started, I mean, there's probably a lot of listeners that don't even know 10 years ago blogging. I mean, they were kind of a joke. I was blogging 10 years ago and was in some of the web design community and 
I thought it was enough. I had a small following, but I thought it was enough of a joke that I, I think it was just in a weekend I decided I wasn't going to do it anymore. Yeah. She, she stuck with it. She built that audience. Yeah, she felt like she had it. something to give the world, which I really love. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, we're giving something to the world. And if you like what you hear, that was a pretty good transition. Wasn't that was it? a great transition. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. I, I mean, until you until you called out the transition, it was yeah, great. Yeah, then it got ruined. <laughs> you should um, tell us. Um, yes, we want you to subscribe. Yes, we want you to comment, send us notes, find us on, find us on Instagram. We're not hard to find. Um, hashtag CFNR. Share with us your list. Uh, should be pretty simple of the things that you want to focus on. Um, you know, it, not just in 2021, but just the things you want to put your, your effort against, what you want to lean in on. I've got, you know, creative community and exploring. I love that she had the beach on there. Like that's the, yeah. so, but I'll share this next time uh, with you as well. When we meet again. And if you like what you heard, then tell a friend, share it with somebody else. So we can kind of get uh, a group of us together, all egging each other on to, you know, Keep making stuff. Uh, yes. Keep keep, keep creating because uh, it does. It helps your uh, soul glow, as Kurt Vonnegut said. I uh, love it. Anything that we do. All right. Very cool. Okay, Kate. Awesome. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Here, that's what. That's how we end it. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>